right wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers. Welcome to episode 87 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your favorite, favorite, favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, coming at you with episode 87 tonight on what happens to be the last day of April this year. That's right, only 28 days in April. Make sure you get your rent paid uh, by tomorrow. You get you get a little shorted on this month. I remember those days. Always freaked me out. I'd get a little bit ahead, and then suddenly it was February, and you're like, shoot, only four weeks. Got to pay some rent. So make sure you're doing that. It is the end of February, getting into March here. Uh, and like I said, we got a great, great, great show for you tonight. Uh, so enjoy, enjoy. Let's kick it off with our social plugs. That's right, social plugs. You can follow Go Tell to the Wall before episodes, during episodes, between episodes, after episodes, whenever the heck you so please. No guarantees that we'll be active when you're actually following us, you know, like during episodes or whatever. Uh, but you can do so in multiple locations. One of those would be Twitter. Follow both of our Twitter accounts. One of them is at Tell the Wall Pod. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod. That's the official Twitter account for Go Tell to the Wall. And of course, you can follow my own personal Twitter account, which is at Magic Muppet. That's right, at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those. You're going to get awesome nuggets of common sense on an almost daily basis. I wish I could promise you daily, but I just don't have the time or the energy to be on these social platforms daily. And nor do our do my producers, because it's just, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. But that's where we do post all of the new shows and stuff, and you're going to get updates on everything. And of course, we are currently live on Facebook right now. Hi, Chris. We are right now a quorum of Chris's on the live feed. We got a couple of Chris's joining us right now. But, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. Head on over there, like our page, check back often for updates. Again, that's where new episodes get posted and and all that good stuff. Although, honestly, if you're subscribed, which you should be, you don't need to be updated that a new episode has been uploaded because you're subscribed and it just pops up in your thing. But nonetheless, make sure you also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. And of course, we are on YouTube. YouTube's still killing it on numbers. And I'm going to get into a little extra YouTube stuff here in just a minute, uh, update everyone on that kind of good stuff. But please head on over to YouTube, search Go Tell to the Wall, subscribe to our channel, uh, check out our videos there. That's where all of our beer reviews live, uh, as well as a bunch of other uh, podcast clips and some other videos that are going to be up there. Uh, so make sure you subscribe, check back there, get updated on when new stuff is being posted. And especially if you really you enjoy the videos but don't enjoy watching the entirety of a podcast episode via the video, that's where you can go to get all the clips and stuff uh, not only clips directly pulled from the live feed but also videos that are being put up there that are produced in the go tell to the wall studio so make sure you're heading on over to youtube uh subscribing and checking back there getting notifications all that good stuff and most importantly and all-encompassing of those things I just mentioned would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, www.SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Head on over there. Uh, you're actually going to find links to all those things I just mentioned. So if, you only, if you're listening to this and can't write things down, can only remember one thing, just remember SeanO'RourkeLive.com because you'll be able to access Facebook. Uh, <laughs> you'll be able to access we're gonna get into some of that Bridget Bridget is now currently on the live feed uh, Bridget and Chris are, are on-air producers right now uh, but of course if, if that's gonna take you to all those things you'll be able to link in addition to those things uh, you're gonna find our blog a bunch of photos that you won't find anywhere else as well as some videos and of course the link to our patreon campaign our patreon page please 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 uh, if you have the means and and see it fit to do so that didn't sound right but if you see fit please help us out financially through the patreon page uh that helps us to to bring in new stuff to the studio new guests uh new concepts all that good stuff and thank you to all of our patrons out there i am not going to run down all of them right this very second but thank you to all of you out there and as i mentioned when i quickly mentioned youtube uh, we have a brand new section on our YouTube channel. That's right, brand new section. It's not groundbreaking or anything because it's something we really added uh, to the podcast a while back, and that would be the parenting section. Uh, so when you go over to YouTube, if, you, if you've been a subscriber for a while to YouTube or you, check, you, you go there often, you're going to see there's a new section there. If you haven't gone to YouTube yet, head on over there, and we have the new parenting section kind of embedded on our channel. And you're going to find not only clips from the actual podcast, like I said, from the live feed, but other videos that are being posted there as well. Oh, wow. Thank you, John. 
Thank you, John Chase, uh, who I'm actually getting notifications. He's on the live feed and also subscribing to our channel. Uh, fellow burner, John Chase, uh, for those of you, I'm, you God, by now you got to know what I mean when I say burner. Uh, but uh, definitely check out our new, new YouTube section, which would be the parenting section. And you're going to find that's where I actually chronicled to an extent, not, not in detail, but chronicled this past weekend where I spent, uh, the entire four days, uh, with just my daughter, my daughter and I, it was daddy daughter weekend. We had a lot of fun, chronicled a lot of that. So head on over to YouTube, check that out. Make sure you do that. Um, and before we move on to social trends, one last thing would, why is this not going away? Close please. Computers, man. I got like I got too much stuff in front of me right now. If you only listen to the audio, you have no idea. Like, I got a monitor here. I got a computer. I got a camera over here. I got a camera over here. I got it's it's ridiculousness. Most importantly, I got my beer over here. And speaking of beer, beer this week. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about this one yet. And in fact, to the point where I think I want to give everyone an update. Like next week, we're not gonna have the same beer on the podcast. But I want to give everyone an update next week once I've had a few of these beers. Uh, and that would be the Sierra Nevada Brute IPA. It's an extra dry IPA. This is actually a spring seasonal, spring seasonal that Sierra Nevada put out. I know it's not spring yet. Trust me, I'm not rushing to get to spring. I'm enjoying the cold weather still, despite the fact that we've been in the 30s a couple nights here in Los Angeles, which is not normal. Those of you on the East Coast listening, that is not normal for Southern California. Uh, but it's a new one, and it's Sierra Nevada. And we love Sierra Nevada here at Go Tell to the Wall Podcast. The reason I say I don't know how I feel about it is this this extra dry IPA stuff that's happening now. In fact, I'm going to get a sip as I'm saying that. it It's a new trend. You know, we had the IPAs and then the hazy IPAs and the juicy IPAs. This is like a new trend, these, these brute IPAs, extra dry IPAs. Uh, and to be honest with everyone, I, I actually cracked one of these last night. First time I'd had... Uh, any kind of brute IPA, I think, let alone the Sierra Nevada brute IPA. Uh, and it was, it was funky. Like it wasn't bad. I wasn't like, oh, this is bad. It just, I was like, I don't, I don't think I like this. Uh, and then I cracked one open for the podcast tonight and I'm liking it a little more. So I th it might be a little bit of an acquired taste. Chris, I'll be curious for you to try this one as well. I, I made my wife take a sip as per usual, uh, last night and she didn't mind it too much. It's just, it's really dry and I get like a little bit of a wine taste from it. But I think I just need to drink like a few more of them. That that could be what's going on here. Uh, it is just not not necessarily a full on acquired taste, but I just I don't really know how I feel about it. Uh, but if you're interested, definitely check out the Brute IPA. It's it's a new trend that's happening right now. And of course, like I said, we love love Sierra Nevada here at Go Tell to the Wall. Uh, they are, are a true craft brewer, despite their size, and and they're a California beer, and and we just love them. But I'm just uh, the jury's still out for me on this Brute IPA. Uh, if anyone out there has had Brute IPAs, hit me up on SeanWorkLive.com or just hit me up in the comments. I know a lot of people like. What's funny is I get more emails through the website than I do anything else. People don't like commenting, but they like telling me that I'm really either really awesome or more than likely really terrible at things. Yeah. You, you can tell the people that are telling me I'm really terrible at things are like, you're terrible for calling out racists. Oh, that's why you're not commenting because you just want to tell, you just want to complain and you don't want people to see that you're actually a racist. Anyway, check them out. Sierra Nevada Brute IPA spring seasonal. So you're going to need to grab this probably in the next couple of months before it goes away. If you are interested in trying it, I just don't know how I feel about it yet. Mm, I see Jen has joined. I'm going to have Jen's husband, Doug, try this one soon and see what he thinks. He's one of my other beer experimenting people that I'm like, what do you think? It's terrible. Oh, maybe it is terrible then. It's great. Maybe I just need to give it another try. I'm easily influenced. Can you tell? Can you tell? All right, let's get into some social trends. Social trends. Oh, I'm enjoying this one right now. I don't like to use this name, but for the sake of the hashtag, I've got to use it. Uh, hashtag floating around right now, real popular on the social platforms, is hashtag Trump fail. That's right. Hashtag Trump fail. And you know... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, sorry. Tweets are popping up in front of me. Uh, you know this one actually was spawned from the failed North Korea summit that just happened, like, just yesterday, I think, and uh, all the ridiculousness. I really want to say, yeah, it's so confusing on Twitter because people can like slightly alter things and it's like, well, no, that's not the Orange Menace, that's somebody else. Uh, so people are sharing these and of course, like I said, spawned from the failed North Korea summit that uh, the Orange Menace basically walked out of 
after they hit a stalemate. Uh, and I would encourage you to check this one out. I'm not going to read through any of them. I just just go through and check out the cartoons. Uh, there's definitely one I enjoyed, which is a take on the Peanuts comic strip where Lucy is holding a football. Uh, and, of course, uh, Charlie Brown is trying to kick the football. You all know what happens. If you don't know, you've never read a comic in your life. Uh, and, of course, it's it's Kim Jong-un and... Uh, and and the Orange Menace, and you can figure out where that one's going. So check that one out, really, to see the cartoons. I'm not going to sit here and read, like, explain cartoons to you, because that's not going to do any good. All right, moving along here. I'm, I'm really enjoying the hashtag Trump fail, though. What's funny is, like, it's trending right now, but, like, really, that could happen any time. Any time the hashtag Trump fail could be used, uh, because the guy is failing on a daily basis. Failing on a daily basis. As far as I'm concerned, as, as long as he's sitting in that, that house that we have there in Washington, D.C., that we, the taxpayers, pay for, uh, he's failing because he doesn't belong there, period. All right, moving along. Did I get a little tangented there, Bridget? Bridget's going to be like, that's enough of the Orange Menace later when I talk to her. Can you tell I'm a little fired up? We miss an episode, and I get fired up, and I'm drinking weird brute IPA, and I just don't know what's happening, but we're going to move along anyway. Uh, hashtag I would rather be. Hashtag, I would rather be, you can figure out, uh, <laughs> this one just cracked me up. Uh, you can figure out where this one's going. And it's basically where places where people would rather be. Um, one of these, I'll give you this one. This, this one is for all of the Batman fans out there. Uh, it came from Acidic Blonde. Acidic Blonde, Jesus, I can't, these Twitter names. I know mine's Magic Muppet, but calm down on the Twitter names. Uh, hashtag, I would rather be dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. I don't think you would, though, Acidic Blonde. I don't think you really understand what that is, but I got the reference, so it's okay. Uh, moving along. That one, yeah, I'd rather be. I'll tell you, you know where I'd rather be? Nowhere. I'd rather be right here with all of you wall fans and common sensors, Chris and Bridget on the live feed. This is my happy place by far. Uh, moving on, next one. Hashtag songs that break the law. Yes, I always love it when people do things with songs. You know that if you've ever listened to the podcast. Uh, and this one. I enjoyed because clearly people were taking song lyrics, moving them around slightly, and making it sound like a song that breaks the law. And of course, being a 90s grunge fan, that is one of my other loves. Everyone calm down. One of my other loves. Bridget, also make sure make sure you're on for the music because I know you and Chris switch back and forth here a bit because we got to talk some music here, uh, speaking of music. But I, w I was a grunge fan in the 90s as well. One of the grunge bands that was really popular in the 90s was Nirvana. So therefore, this one I like from Cool Cam 101. Jeez, freaking Twitter names. Uh, hashtag songs that break the law smells like loitering spirit. That's right. Smells like loitering spirit. Are you guys laughing? Yeah, that did not land as funny as I was hoping it would. Not that I can ever tell because there's nobody in the studio with me. I'm not getting actual reactions. I get them kind of a little delayed on the live feed here. Uh, moving along, this one's going to upset uh, hi, <laughs> hi, hi Diddy Ho Neighborino. Yes, uh, from The Simpsons. That's absolutely what the, hi. Yeah, that might be a little bit of a, uh, could be a bad one. Uh, all right, moving along. Hashtag uncool catchphrases. This one, I'm going to upset my burner friends with this one uh, because I found a couple funny ones. Uh, hashtag uncool catchphrases lose at all costs yes win at all costs lose at all costs uh, this one's a little gross hashtag uncool catchphrases show me the money shot if you don't know what the money shot is uh yeah you don't need to uh but the one i enjoyed on this one was uh hashtag uncool catchphrases that's what she said i'm sorry fellow burner friends but we have definitely like driven that one into the ground just driven it into the ground uh Jeff, are you gonna are you gonna break more news on my uh, my podcast here? Are you gonna give me a wedding date on a podcast here? I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Agreed. I knew you would not like the uh, show me the money shot, Bridget. I didn't like it either, honestly. Like I looked at, it and I was like, ah, I'm gonna share it with everyone anyway, so that they can all just be grossed out like uh, like I am. <laughs> this one, one more of these to share with you. Hashtag, you know it's spring when uh, you can find Sierra Nevada spring seasonal brute ipa in the store even though it's not really spring yet it's, it's really not spring yet uh, somebody shared of course uh, hashtag you know it's spring when she starts shaving again starts shaving again yeah uh, this one's clearly a little bit sexist but i kind of get it uh, and i bring that one up because i actually have friends 
Uh, and one of them is a is a supporter of the show, Seth Rosenberg, who literally like grows his beard only during fall and winter months. And it's funny, we were hanging out last weekend. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shave it. Sounds like why? And he's like, well, it's almost spring. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't really think about those things. I just I have a beard like it's it's 115 degrees outside. I got a beard. It's 30 degrees outside. I got a beard. I, I literally can't shave this beard simply because my daughter will, will lose her mind. And, and I kind of like it. I don't know. Do I? I think I'm getting kind of tired of it. All right, let's move on to some TV, film, and books. TV, film, and books. Oh, boy. I know you guys are going to be excited about this one. Just just brace yourselves for this announcement. New film coming out of MGM in conjunction with Mattel Films. Yeah, Mattel Films is a thing. We've talked about this before, so go back and, and get educated on it. But Mattel Films has partnered with MGM. Uh, as part of their overall Mattel push, they've really been pushing these Mattel toys. It's interesting. I actually worked on Mattel business uh, for a little while there. I'm probably not supposed to talk a lot about it, but whatever. When I was with Universal, worked on uh, marketing for uh, some of their stuff. In fact, I've got their like DVDs and Blu-rays sitting right over here. I worked on the Barbie business uh, as well as Monster High, if you're familiar with that. Bridget and Chris might be familiar with Monster High. I don't know if the girls watch that one. Uh, but their new movie, new thing in development, is Viewmaster. Viewmaster. They're working on a Viewmaster movie. We actually don't have any details on this yet, but you can kind of figure out where it's going to go. You know this is going to be very Jumanji-esque. I think I just came up with a new word, Jumanji-esque. I'll probably never use it again, but it's very Jumanji-esque uh, in the way that you know it's going to be some family that is looking through a Viewmaster and suddenly they're transported to another world. And I'm not, I don't mean to say, like, say that in a condescending way that it's going to be bad. It's just you kind of know what's going to happen uh, because at least to an extent, with Viewmaster. So this could be very... It's either going to be really fantastic because they've done a great job with it, uh, or it's going to be like the Emoji movie. <laughs> you know, that was really terrible. I don't know how terrible it is. Did terrible. Oh, some TV news. Uh, oh, and Chris Chris or Bridget, whoever, both of you, whoever's on, remind me, I want to do it uh, mid-March when we talk more about um, Abby's. That just reminded me as I'm looking at this. Uh, we had some news from NBC and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It has officially been renewed for a seventh season. Seventh season coming next year from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think this is great news. I think it's a great show. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I, I've watched it from the beginning. Uh, and this season, the first couple episodes on NBC, I was kind of like, okay, it, it felt like they were trying a little bit too hard. Just like a little bit too hard. Uh, but then it, they really kind of settled in, and I think they were trying to build on the nostalgia and bring the viewership from Fox over to NBC, so it kind of makes sense, uh, and now they've really hit their stride a little bit better. Bridget is definitely excited about <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine being renewed. Uh, I am very excited about this, and I believe I still have a couple friends that work on it, so... Not only am I excited because I enjoy watching the show, but I, I really enjoy when my friends are still employed and still making money, so that's always fantastic as well. That's why I was bringing up Abby's, because that keeps my that keeps one of my on-air producers that I don't pay any money in in a job, and then then Chris is able to you know jump on this live feed on Thursday nights. Oh, man, moving along, more TV, film, and books. This one probably could have gone in tech, but I'm just like, this one's killing me lately. It really is. We've talked about the Disney Plus stuff, you know, uh, and now we've got some news that apparently Disney has been in talks with AT&T uh, to buy AT&T's 10 per Now, stay with me here to buy AT&T's 10 percent stake in Hulu. So multiple companies own stakes in Hulu, the, co the company Hulu. Uh, one of those is AT&T, who owns a 10 percent stake in Hulu. Uh, another one of those is Disney, who currently owns a 30 percent stake in in Hulu. Now, on top of that, Fox technically currently, still currently, owns a 30% stake in Hulu. That's 20th Century Fox. Are you with me on that? Which means that once the deal is finalized, which we know it's going to be finalized soon, uh, Disney acquiring 20th Century Fox, Disney will then already own 60% of Hulu. And now they're trying to get another 10% to bring their total stake in Hulu to 70%. And you know what I gotta say to this? Calm the fuck down, Disney. I am so sick of them buying up every single little thing. Okay? Bob, you don't need to own the world. You don't need to own every little thing there is. I'm gonna bring it up again. Remember in the 90s when everyone was freaking out, Microsoft has a monopoly on computers. 
and nobody cares about Disney. Oh, it's, oh, there's a little mouse, so it's okay. We have a little, we have a smiling little mouse here, so it's okay that they're trying to take over the world. Calm the hell down, Disney. You don't need to own all of Hulu or even seventy percent of it. Just stick. You're gonna own sixty percent here very shortly. Stick with your Disney Plus stuff. Stop taking away all of us because you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna get. They're gonna get a majority stake in Hulu. And it's gonna cost you twenty dollars a month to get Hulu. That's what they're gonna do. Why? Because money is the bottom line for the mouse. Mouse likes money. He doesn't like cheese. He likes cheddar. Cheddar. Nobody's gonna like that joke. But he likes money. That's all it is. That's why. That's why it costs you a thousand dollars to go to the park for five hours. You want to go to Disneyland? Thousand dollars for five hours. And you got. And you got to be crammed in here with this five hundred pound dude who's sweating beyond belief. That's what it's like going to Disneyland. I don't go there anymore. Used to go there when it was free for me to go. I went there all the time. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Took my cousin Jeff, who is uh, who's actually on the live feed right now. He's been there on the on the good old Silver Pass. So calm down, Disney. Calm down. Speaking of streaming services, that's right. We had a little study that came out. Um, where the hell was this? Uh, study from cordcutting.com. They did a study because apparently all the websites, websites like cordcutting.com do studies, which is fine. They're doing it. Uh, and they found out that one in five people actually mooches off of someone else. Mooches, that's in finger quotes, uh, off of someone else. As far as as using their streaming accounts, now this would be based more or less Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu. Based on their study, they found out that Netflix is, is by far the streaming service that that most gets stolen. Stolen being like in in finger quotes. And I I understand. I am anti pirating. Like I I was never a Napster. I I get it. I am anti that to an extent. Uh, however, I think stolen is 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 a big bit of a bold word to use there. Uh, but based on their study and the fact that one in five people use someone else's login for streaming service and the fact that Netflix is the largest uh, streaming service that that happens to, that, that, I really hate saying that, that, but it happens. Uh, the service that that has that occurring, <laughs> that wasn't any better, uh, they did the math on it and they realized that Netflix could be, could, could, based on their math, potentially be losing 192 million in monthly revenue. Now there's a couple stipulations there being that some people using someone else's password may not necessarily come out come out and outright just pay for uh, Netflix the service. So we don't know that that's, they're losing 192 million monthly, but there's potential that they are losing 192 million dollars monthly in revenue Netflix is. Uh, it's really interesting. Personally, I don't uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Here's what. Personally, I don't steal Hulu or Netflix from anyone else. I don't. Uh, I don't believe anyone out there has my Hulu or Netflix password. Beyond that, I will plead the fifth, because I do watch HBO and Showtime, and I don't pay for them. Uh, but FCC, please don't be listening to that. That's okay. So I found that really interesting. Uh, and let me know out there if you're if you're using someone else's Netflix account, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Netflix knows this is happening to an extent and, and probably combats it internally, uh, to a certain point. And then at, at a certain point they're like, well, cause then on top of it, they're also getting numbers for their original programming. So there's definitely a, a Venn diagram. Oh, Bridget, we have to talk about that. I don't know what that is. That's news to me. Uh, Bridget is pointing out that Netflix is mooching off the taxpayers. That's something I'm not familiar with. We'll talk about that later, and we'll update everyone on the next episode. I don't. That's going to be too much to for you to type it out here and explain to me. Um, so that, but that's interesting. Then I definitely don't feel bad, and I honestly don't feel that bad for them anyway. They've clearly got plenty of money. Like they're they're not hurting for money. They're doing just fine. Uh, and like I said, there's a Venn diagram of you know people that are not paying for the service but still watching their original programming that pushes it you know pushes the ratings and then gives them more revenue uh, on top of that more marketing revenue essentially all right one more piece of news in tv film and books this one's i, I this one important to me i'm i'm a little bit passionate about this one not as passionate as i am about some other things but i'm a little bit passionate about this we got some news uh we got some news from rotten tomatoes if you're not familiar with rotten tomatoes they are a movie reviewing website uh, essentially, and, and you always hear the, like the tomato scored certified fresh or sort you know, rotten or whatever it is. Uh, they are changing their audience rating system. 
They have an audience rating system where, because they have critics that can go on there and give their reviews, but they have also have an audience rating system. And they're changing it because essentially what's happened is Captain Marvel uh, has just been getting destroyed on Rotten Tomatoes. It was at like 38%. Chris might know offhand. It was at like 38% fresh, like something ridiculous. And here's the thing. Captain Marvel hasn't come out yet. It hasn't hit theaters. In fact, it was it was getting just destroyed on Rotten Tomatoes before uh, actual professional critics had even seen it. I believe by now the critics uh, have 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 gotten a lot of their viewings because it is coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but this is before even like movie critics that get advanced screenings to then put out their reviews and everything before they'd even seen it. And what happened was you had a bunch of internet trolls getting on Rotten Tomatoes, and they were upset. They were upset because uh, Captain Marvel is a female. That's essentially what happened. And a lot of these reviews were, were putting it down into like the rotten category because people were upset that there was a female superhero. Yeah. This is what happens when you let people in the middle of the country talk on websites and stuff. Ignorance comes out. Now my family in the middle of the country is like, what do you mean? I'm kidding, obviously. I don't hate the middle of the country, but that's it's ignorance. That's all it is. Ignorance and hatred. Uh, and in fact, I want to share this quote with you real quick from Rotten Tomatoes. And I quote, we are disabling the comment function prior to a movie's release date. Unfortunately, we have seen an uptick in non-constructive input, sometimes bordering on trolling. Bordering, guys? Come on. Uh, which we believe is, is a disservice to our general readership. We have decided that turning off this feature is now the best course of action. Don't worry, though. Fans will still get to have their say once a movie is released. Audience can, audiences can leave a user rating and comments as they always have. End quote. Oh, yeah, that upsets me. Like Amazon. We're, we'll talk about that next episode. Remind me, Bridget. I want to get into that. Uh, maybe, we'll, we'll maybe we'll lump it in with Amazon, too. Uh, so that's what's happening in Rotten Tomatoes. Just hatred. Uh, and just based on that, I'm going to go see Captain Marvel five times. And I'm going to leave as many good reviews as I can. Unless it really is terrible. Although I really I doubt it's going to be terrible. I think Brie Larson's a fantastic actress. Not a huge Samuel L. Jackson fan, but uh, Brie Larson, I think, is going to do a good job. Yeah, I, I'm good on your Rotten Tomatoes for that. I'm real happy about that. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to some uh, some music. We got a, I got a couple of quick music things here this week. And Bridget, the second one. I'm curious if, if Bridget is familiar with this one. Uh, but first off, there's a Warp Tour lineup that has been circulating online for like a week or so. A Warp Tour lineup, and it, it was presented as a leaked Warp Tour lineup. Well, we have come to find out literally from the founder of Warp Tour, Kevin Lyman, uh, that was a fake lineup. Fake lineup, not actually accurate. Uh, and in fact, we know that we are getting the official lineup for the Warp Tour 25th anniversary shows. Uh, March 1st, which would be tomorrow or today if you're listening to the audio only or watching the video at a later date. Uh, March 1st, the official lineup is being announced. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk a little bit about it next week because we will have the official, like, actual lineup that's coming out. Uh, so everyone calm down. If you're seeing a lineup floating around the Internet, it's it's not accurate. It's it's just not. Even if you can think it's accurate all you want, but as of as of when I'm recording this, it's not accurate. Now, if you're listening to this a day after it's posted, you might find an actual accurate one. Uh, the best way to make sure you're finding the accurate one is just go to the actual Warp Tour website as opposed to on Reddit and whatever the hell other websites people go to 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 get their information other than the actual official sites. That that that's a little tip for everyone. It's a little tip for everyone. You can't believe everything you see on YouTube. We're going to get into some of that YouTube stuff shortly here. You can't believe everything you see on YouTube. You can't believe everything you see on Facebook. Like, if, if you really want accuracy, go to the website of the actual company, uh, of the actual tour, event, band, whatever it might be. You're going to get accuracy from there. That's just how it works. It's amazing how that works. Uh, and one more music thing I want to talk about. This one just, I, my head exploded today. Like, just, it went, exploded. Uh, I was somebody in like a fan interrupters fan group on Facebook had posted like, man, have you guys ever uh, listened to early Amy interrupter stuff when she's going by Amy Allen before interrupters? And I was like, you know, I never have. So I pop over to YouTube, search Amy Allen. I'm like, whoa, this is super different from Amy interrupter. I was like, it's cool, but it's it's super different. I didn't know this was like this. And then I look down because, you know, on YouTube, there's like next videos or suggested videos or whatever. And I see this video that says Scott and Amy, and I look at the thumbnail, 
and I I know the mofo. Like I I've followed the guy since the '90s. I've met him personally at least 50 times partying together in Poway and Penasquitas down there in San Diego. I'm looking. I'm going. That's Scott Russo. That that's Scott Russo, the lead singer of Unwritten Law. So I click on it. Now apparently. Amy Interrupter, at the time, Amy Allen and Scott Russo had a little bit of a romance. They dated. And they put together a little side project called Scott and Amy. My head just went, what is happening right now? What is happening right now? It's fantastic. And I think it's actually fantastic. That's probably probably overselling a little bit. It's great music. Now, it's a good like eight, nine years old at this point, seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, But it's good music and that I just was completely unaware existed and that's what i'll tell everyone out there as much as i'm like i don't spend time on social platforms and stuff follow your favorite bands on social platforms for god's sake because i would have known who amy was years before i finally realized who she was and all and what she you know her music and everything else uh because i i was following at the and at the time i can't remember if i was at the time uh but for the most part i've been following scott russo for a long time been following under in law for a long time I mean, that's how, that's, how I'm, that's how I knew his track with Mickey Avalon, his track with Big B. Just never, Scott and Amy just never came across. Uh, so Bridget, you got to check them out. I think Bridget uh, is one of my, my punk, punk rock and ska uh, fan friends. I think you'll also enjoy that. And check them out. Not, and again, not in any way new music, breaking news or anything. It's just made my head explode. And, uh, and you should check them out. If you like the Interrupters, you like Amy Interrupter, you like Unwritten Law, really, you like punk rock, you should be checking it out. I'll be honest with everyone. I was talking to my friend Laura before I came in the studio. Uh, I think they were doing some drugs while they were recording this stuff. But also keep in mind that sometimes that works. I'm not endorsing the use of drugs uh, for creative purposes. I don't, well, unless you count the beer, I don't do it myself. But sometimes you, you get some creative genius out of it. And there's some good stuff coming out of Scott and Amy. So check them out. All right, let's get into some sports. Man, I'm actually, I'm really excited about sports this week. Because sports is, sports... Like, it's sports this week, but it's not. It, like, it's not. The topics we have are <laughs> really enjoyable. Uh, first off, we had some news out of France. Uh, the, the French fencing body, this is basically the, the national organization that handles fencing in France uh, and also a, tied into their Olympic committee, uh, has officially recognized lightsaber dueling as a sport lightsaber dueling as a sport so now if you live in france it's it's an official sport uh and it is is classified the same way that fencing is uh and if you're familiar with fencing which i am not uh there's multiple tools that you can use for fencing there's like a foil which is like the traditional one you see like zorro or whatever and then there's a couple other ones a saber and something else uh and now lightsabers are being recognized in that same respect in france and all I got to say is Olympic lightsaber battles. Yeah, please. I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't care where they, I'll, I'll be watching that 4 a.m. My wife come out. What are you watching? Lightsaber duels. <laughs> it was like, let's try like, like, let's get in the LA Olympics. Ooh, let's start that campaign right now. Somebody get a change, change.org petition going. God, the Olympic committee is so shady that it'll probably never happen, but God, that'd be fantastic. Just lightsaber duels. And I think part of the sport should be that you wear, like, one of the cloaks or capes or whatever with the hood. Uh, I think you should, Chris. I fully support you becoming a lightsaber duelist. Fully support. I'm going to get angry calls from Bridget later, but I fully support that. (laughs) I don't know that you can support uh, two lovely daughters on that, but I, I fully support you trying it out. Lightsaber dueling. God, I'm excited. I, I really, I like, I want it to come to the Olympics so bad. So bad. Uh, all right, we have some college basketball news. Not the kind of news you're thinking of. Uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Have you heard of them? India, not Indiana University. University of Indiana. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> you should have your... That's part of the lightsaber duels. You have to have your own theme music and you come out with a robe and you the like part of your score is how creatively you can remove your like Jedi or Sith robe and the theme music. I love it. Uh, but like I said, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, Division Two basketball team. If you're not familiar with divisions, uh, Division Two it's smaller schools. That that's all you need to know. It's smaller schools, uh, and it's 
very good team in Division Two is this Indiana University of Pennsylvania. I just like saying Indiana University of Pennsylvania. This is kind of like Miami, Ohio. I've always enjoyed those things where it's like, oh, you think you're ew, going this way? Like, although Indiana and Pennsylvania are a little more similar uh, compared to Ohio and, uh, and Miami down in Florida. Uh, so the Division Two team, they actually traveled 100 miles uh, to go play a game against... Uh, uh, I can't find that. I'm not... I, it doesn't matter. That's not important to the story. Uh, they were playing a game, got to the opposing team's arena and the the uh the equipment manager realized they had forgotten their jerseys their uniforms completely forgotten their uniforms back in pennsylvania at the university of indiana pennsylvania completely forgot them so they actually had to borrow the borrow uniforms from the opposing team the team that they came there to play they wore different colored uniforms from that same team this may seem a little ridiculous but i was laughing because all i could envision all I could envision was a lot of people saying to the equipment manager, you had one job. You had one job, dude. Uniforms. And you forgot. Although I completely understand. These things happen. I hope the guy, I hope the equipment manager didn't get like too much slack over it. But it's funny. And I'm just envisioning everyone being like, you had one job. Uniforms. And he forgot them. Oh, League of Legends. Have you guys heard of League of Legends? I kind of had, and I had familiarized myself with a little bit this week. League of Legends is a uh, it's a professional esports league. Esports is video gaming, super popular now. These these esport athletes uh, are making mu- as, as much and more than than some professional uh, traditional athletes out there. Uh, traditional just meaning you know the the big four in this country, and really you go internationally, you got to throw soccer in there, football. Um, but esports is becoming just gigantic, and these guys are making lots of money. Uh, we got some news that Nike has partnered with the League of Legends uh, Pro League, the League of Legends Pro League, uh, to become the official partner, the official clothing and footwear partner of League of Legends Pro League. I, I don't really have anything to say about this. I don't. I mean, everyone's got to wear clothes, right? It's interesting, although I will tell you there was a quote from Nike saying, uh, anyone who wears, anyone who's doing anything, I can't even remember it. They're basically trying to defend how these video game players are athletes. Personally, I don't care. You want to call them athletes? I don't care. I don't care. I'm being athletic right now. Honestly, I'm probably being more athletic, and nothing against esports, I'm probably being more athletic, I'm probably burning more calories uh, than some of these esports players, because I'm talking right now uh and i also if, if you've never watched the live feed i i'm very expressive hands are going all over the place i don't know what's happening you know i know what's happening that's just for lack of a better word so nike if you want to be in esports that you're gonna get that's gonna be your official clothing and or at least in that league your official clothing and, and shoe sponsor uh although personally i will tell you it like if i was doing esports and i joke with my wife about this like if if we just had like ridiculous uh, expendable income, didn't care about it, uh, and I really never had to leave the house, I would just be draped in Lululemon all day. If I was an eSports athlete, I'd be like, give me the Lululemon. That's just all I'm wearing, and slippers all day, and the most comfortable socks you can find. Lululemon probably has socks. I just can't afford much Lululemon. I've got a very, very small amount of Lululemon because it's very, very expensive. I prefer my shirts from like Vans and stuff where it cost me $10 as opposed to $50 for a t-shirt and $125 for some sweatpants. That being said, I like I said, I do have some. It's damn comfortable. All right, one more piece of sports news. Uh, and I bring this up because I want to speak to the greediness of some of these professional leagues. There are uh, some Super Bowl workers who have not been paid Super Bowl. The Super Bowl happened... February 3rd or whatever, like the first weekend of February. It's been basically a month since the Super Bowl happened. Uh, some 200-plus temporary employees were not never paid for working the Super Bowl. Uh, they were hired through a staffing agency down there in Atlanta. That's where the Super Bowl took place this year. Uh, and, of course, everyone's passing the buck. This this staffing company uh, closed right like right after the game, so people never got paid, and this company's gone. Uh, and the NFL has come out and said that they were assured by this company that everyone would be paid. So they're going, 
Our hands are clean. We were told they would be paid. You know what, NFL and Roger Goodell? You're a fucking billion dollars, like billions and billions and billions of dollars that you're making off the backs of these athletes who are going to retire and not remember their kids' fucking names. And you can't pay 200-plus workers, temporary workers down there that were making you money by working the goddamn Super Bowl and you're not even concerned about them getting paid. This is the greediness in this country. This is the greediness when it comes to professional sports or like Netflix, like Bridget was bringing up, or Amazon. That's greed. That's nothing but greed. That's all it is. The NFL owners are lining their pockets. The commissioner is lining their, his pockets while cities, cities pay for stadiums and pay for these assholes, these rich white assholes to make more money. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting and it has to stop. And you know what? If, if the, the NFL needs to make sure these people get paid, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Go to the 32 owners and figure out, okay, this is how much money we need to make sure these 200 plus people get paid divided among the 32 owners. And that's what you're doing because, and you might say, well, Sean, there was only two teams in the Super Bowl. Don't get me started on that because all 32 teams make money off the Super Bowl. All 32. They do. Go look it up disgusting i'm so sick of the nfl i'm so sick of the nfl i'm sick of all these professional sports leagues i'm sick of all of them it's it's gross college too it's gross and i'm not sick of the college like the colleges themselves i'm sick of the ncaa lining their pockets lining their pockets off the backs of other people that's all they're doing you're not doing shit there roger goodell you sit there and you make some stupid rulings come on give me a break and you and, and you're billions of dollars billionaire roger goodell's a billionaire and all these owners, billionaires. And what do they do? They go to cities and they say, well, I'm a billionaire. Can you give me money to build a stadium for my billionaire ass? Come on. Get the hell out of here. I'm so sick of it. So sick of these rich white assholes. That's all it is. Rich white assholes. Oh, oh man. All right, let's move on to some parenting. It's <laughs> a good transition, huh? Rich white assholes parenting. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to, this, I'm always missing a week. We're going to be short on time. Uh, but some of this stuff is super important, like ridiculously important. Uh, so we got some news. It was actually broken by a, uh, this news was broken by a pediatrician uh, who made the discovery uh, while watching a kid's YouTube video. Uh, and this kid's YouTube video actually had suicide instructions in the middle of it, suicide instructions. And in fact, I want to, I, I need to find the exact because this this is gonna and and I'll warn you all right now this will make you this will make you ill it will it has made me sick I was like not literally completely sick but I I've been sick on this for for a week now like whenever it was I found this out uh, so this pediatrician found this embedded in a YouTube video and it was between video game clips on the channel of a guy named Filthy Frank which like I saw that I was like that's a kid's channel Filthy Frank like come on. That sounds like the weird dude down the street with the windowless van that your parents are like, never walk by that house. Filthy Frank's. Don't go by Filthy Frank's house. But I digress. Apparently 6 million subscribers, and it was it was found between video game clips. Like kids' video game clips. But what it is, is someone comes on screen, a man appears on screen, uh, and starts miming cutting motions on his arm. And he says this, and I quote, Remember kids, sideways for attention, Long ways for results. End it. End quote. Middle of a kid's video. Middle of a kid's video. It has since been removed. But the important thing here to remember is kids don't belong on YouTube. Don't let your kids just have free reign on YouTube because there's stuff like this out there. And kids should not be just having free reign on YouTube. Because they're going to come across stuff like suicide instructions embedded in the middle of a kid's video. You can't trust them. And in fact, YouTube knows that they can't trust people. Because YouTube has come out and said they're going to... And this is completely separate from, from that instance. YouTube has come, come out and said they're disabling comments on videos with kids. So any video with kids, they're disabling the comments on it. Kids, younger kids and older kids, disabling the comments. Because what happened was they found out, they found evidence of a soft core pedophile ring that was using YouTube and commenting and alerting other pedophiles within their ring in a subtle way, like which videos to go to. I could not get into full full uh, details on this because I, I would have thrown up. I would still be throwing up right now and there wouldn't be a show. 
It's disgusting. And yeah, people are disgusting. But what's the main point of this? Wall fans, common censors, social media world podcast consumers. Kids should not be on YouTube. Don't let them on YouTube. Go watch Daniel Tiger. It's free with Amazon Prime. Educational. Kids learn stuff. My kid's learning manners from Daniel Tiger. Not to say I don't teach her manners, but she's learning manners. It's amazing. All right, one more thing I want to talk to in the parenting realm here. One more thing. All right, I'm losing my place here. Wall fans, bear with me. Bear with me. All right, here we go. Uh, this one actually, I've actually found this article on romper.com. Talking about how clutter can affect parenting. Now, I know a lot of people are, and I, I was joking about this recently. I honestly can't remember who I was talking to. Oh, it was oh, my brother-in-law, Dante. Uh, and he was talking about uh, how his fiance and I'm blowing up her spot a little bit here. She's not going to mind. She's usually pretty free about me talking about her. Mary Doodles, how her studio, like you come into my studio, it's it, pretty immaculate. In fact, that's how it came up is, is Dante was in my studio and I was like, yeah, I got to clean up in here a little bit. I got a little work to do over here. And he's like, it looks pretty damn good to me. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's just not, it's not quite good to me. And then he's talking about Mary Doodles, whose studio is like all over the place. But the thing is, she's able to walk in and be like, oh, here's this. And just, it's not like she can't find anything. My mother was the same way, coincidentally. Always was like that when we were kids. And still like that today, I think. It's just like, you go into her studio and the desk. And like, I'm not to say that my mother's house is messy. And not to say that Mary Doodles' house is messy. It's just the workplace. You know? But there's some studies that have come out and found that minimizing clutter has great advantages when it comes to parenting. Really, I think it has great advantages in general. Uh, but it has. there's great advantages when it comes to parenting. And the reason is uh, because not, not only when it comes to uh, your house being clean necessarily, but also when you're a parent and you're dealing with things. Uh, and this has come up on multiple occasions with my daughter. And it'll be my daughter suddenly needs to have an exact thing. She's like, where's blah, blah, blah. And she hasn't touched it for two days. And if your house is super cluttered, you're not going to be able to find it. Remember the story about the keys and my daughter uh, a few episodes ago? If your house is cluttered, you're not going to be able to find your keys. Especially if you're trying to get your kids out of the house at a certain time, whatever it might be, trying to get to an event. You're spending extra time searching for these things that you need to get out of the house. Whether it's your keys or it's your, your kid's favorite stuffed animal, your kid's favorite toy, whatever it is. So really, that's a big advantage. It's a big advantage. And then on top of that, it also sets an example for your kids. Now, I think this one's important because I'm not saying you need to be completely immaculate like me. I got OCD. I, I understand. My, my wife is like, she will be like, okay, this is clean. This is clean, honey. You, you can stop. Like, no, I need to organize this. No, it's fine. But what happens is when you set an example for your kids of just clutter and you just throw, th throw this in the corner, throw your shoes here, then they think that's okay. And so they continue to add to that clutter. They're like, oh, well, we just throw this here and throw these toys here and all that kind of stuff. So there's multiple advantages to it. Am I sitting here telling you how you should parent? No. I'm saying clean your house? No. Do what you want. I just found this interesting that they there are clear advantages uh, to tidiness and to cleanliness. I will tell you one thing completely separate from parenting. I hate, absolutely hate, hate it, the notion uh, that creative people have to be messy. I, I hear this all the time. Well, I'm creative, so I'm messy. And that's fine. You can be messy, but it doesn't go hand in hand with your creativeness. I consider myself a decently creative person. And everything has its place in my house. Everything. Everything has its place on this desk that you're looking at if you're watching the live feed. And, and like everywhere in here, in the studio, in my room, in, in my, my wife and I's room, everywhere. My daughter has a, a complete organization system for her toys everywhere. And I consider myself a, 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 at least remotely creative person. So let's get off of that notion. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that. Well, I'm creative, so I got to be messy. That's fine if you want to be messy, but don't say it's because you're creative or you're messy or you, you have to be messy so you can be creative. That's that's it's not how it works. Not how it works. All right, let's get into some tech. I'm going to fly through some of this. I'm just going to fly through it as quick as we can because I got some important common sense I want to get into. And we're definitely running short on time here. Uh, all right, some news from Samsung. 
This one's according to The Verge. Uh, we're getting news that the, the Samsung Galaxy Fold will be super limited and most likely be a luxury launch. So we're looking at probably like a $1,500, $2,000 handset, something crazy. Uh, so as much as I was excited about getting a folding phone, I don't know that I will be getting one of those. Uh, but I'm I'm not that surprised. I just I had a feeling that was going to happen because they are releasing it at, around the same time as the S10 and the S10 Plus. Speaking of the S10 and the S10 Plus, we got news from Samsung directly from Samsung uh, that if you buy a S10 or an S10 Plus, it's actually going to come with a a screen protector already installed already installed and you might be like oh that's super nice of them for doing that uh, yes it is nice of them but they're doing this for a reason there is new technology that is going into the s10 and the s10 plus and it, it uh, revolves around the ultrasonic fingerprint reader check it out if you want to see pictures really interesting uh, kind of how it differs from from other Samsung phones, like particularly mine uh, where you have a button and it has a fingerprint reader built in there uh, and apparently not all screen protectors are going to work with the ultrasonic fingerprint readers, so therefore Samsung is going to be shipping them with uh, screen protectors that do function with the ultrasonic fingerprint reader. I just like saying ultrasonic fingerprint reader a bunch of times. Uh, say that five times fast. That's a good new, new go tell to the wall challenge. Uh, Amazon, moving on. Amazon, uh, they have launched a new tool to fight counterfeiting. Fight counterfeiting. Uh, I think this is fantastic. It's basically going to search Amazon for fakes because, you know, you have a lot of vendors on Amazon that can put fakes up there. Uh, and this, I think it's great because I, I often worry about this, not like daily or anything. Uh, but when I'm looking for stuff, especially when it comes to electronics, I like to make sure I'm getting the real thing. And you can oftentimes get fakes on there. A great example of this would be NES Classic Controllers. I've been following that. I've been trying to pick up another like factory uh, NES Classic controller, and and you got You got to read through the reviews uh, to see which ones like which ones are actual real and which ones are fake. And the reviews are super important on Amazon, but I think this is great that Amazon uh, is fighting the counterfeits there. Because bottom line, as much as I talked a little bit of smack about Amazon earlier in the episode, we're all stuck with them. We're stuck with them. Uh, Facebook news. Facebook. You might have heard of this. They are basically launching a new uh, a fan subscription service. This is very similar to Patreon. For those of you that, that support on Patreon or you're interested in becoming patrons, it's similar to Patreon. It's for influencers, creators uh, to then have subscription-based fees for their services to an extent. Uh, now, the interesting thing here is Facebook is going to be taking up to 30% of the revenue from fan subscriptions, 30%. Now, to give you something to compare to, Patreon takes about 5%. And what do I have to say to that? Uh, stay in your lane, Facebook. I'm so sick of you adding stuff when you can't even keep the stupid Ray-Ban spam off of your site. Like, you can't keep Ray-Ban sunglasses spam off of your site. But yeah, just throw some more damn features in there. Throw some more stuff in there for people to hack. Fantastic. God, I'm so sick of Facebook. Hi, Facebook. I know we're live on your platform right now. It's okay. We love you. I'm sick of Facebook. Oh, have you guys ever wanted to have, like, ridiculous shirts that you can just change on the fly? I don't mean ch take off your shirt and change it. Change the design on your shirt. Well, soon you will be able to. There's a new company called Wear Treble. Wear T-R-B-L. I think it's, I'm assuming that means treble. Uh, and it's a connected t-shirt. It has a customizable digital e-ink display that connects to your phone. Uh, the display can actually be removed and put onto other shirts, which is interesting. Uh, and using your phone, you can change the display, and I believe it gives you the option to hold up to like 60 different designs at a time, and you can change the display on your shirt as you're walking around. Uh, this could be useful in Los Angeles. I could actually use one right now because I could walk around in a Red Sox shirt, but then as soon as I see the dudes coming down the street and they're all blue and they're Dodger hats, I can change it to Dodgers. Nobody's going to appreciate that joke. But get yourself a wear treble T-shirt. I don't know. We're not. I'm not getting one of these. Unless I can put. Oh, I put a Go Tell to the Wall logo on it. Oh, and then we can sell it. Bridget, mark that down. We're getting some of these wear treble shirts, and then we're gonna sell it. Oh, it's brilliant. It's my marketing mind. My ad sales marketing mind's like, ooh. I didn't even think about that till just now. I was like, this is dumb until just now. We can sell the space. Oh my God, let's sell the space. All right, moving along. The headphone jack lives. The headphone jack lives, from what we can tell. Uh, leaked Samsung Samsung images, which would be of the S10 and the S10 Plus, and most likely the Fold, the Galaxy Fold, have shown a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, not ever. If you've listened to the podcast from the beginning, you know I need my headphone jack in my in my cell phone. 
I need it. Sometimes I like to listen to music through there, and I like to put my nice studio headphones in there, especially on Thursday nights before I come into the studio. Give me that 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, and we are still going to see those on Samsung phones. So, really, I mean, Apple was way down here, and iPhones were way down here. Google is like in the middle, but now I like Samsung's up here now. I'm sticking with Samsung because I like my headphone jack. I don't like a thousand dongles. Got to have four different dongles all attached at once so I can listen with my studio headphones. That's crazy. I get it. And here come the emails. Well, we'll just get some Bluetooth headphones. I got Bluetooth headphones. I get it. But realize that the frequency response on Bluetooth headphones is a fraction, a fraction of what it is on corded studio headphones like I am currently have on my head right now while recording this podcast. Whew. All right. Let's move on to some common sense. God, I'm tired. I'm just, I'm exhausted. Really, I was so tired all day trying to prep this show, the minimal prep I do, and uh, I was so exhausted all day, and I think the only thing that gave me a little adrenaline rush was uh, was Scott and Amy. God, Scott and Amy. I'm going to go listen to some Scott and Amy right after this and just chill out after I finish. Oh, God, I got so much work ahead of me tonight. Moving on. Common sense. We got some news. Oh, have you guys heard of the American Family Association? You should check them out and then send them hate mail. Uh, there is a there's a Walmart ad campaign, uh, and it, it's kind of like this short form ad campaign called "Love Is in the Aisle," a dating show at Walmart, and it essentially follows blind dates around Walmart. I'm not really keen on this format, but whatever. If people are enjoying it, that's fine. What I am keen on is defending this part of the format. Uh, Walmart has come under fire for featuring uh, two gay men on this blind date ad campaign that they're doing and of course the american family association came out and said this is terrible we don't like gay people because we're hateful bigots let me give you a quote uh this is from the afa website uh and i quote it's clear that that walmart is on the path of elevating homosexual relationships to the same level as male female male female model of marriage we have no choice but to ask our supporters to let the company know how they, the customers, feel about Walmart's shift away from neutrality on this controversial issue to full support for same-sex relationships. End quote. Fuck you, American Family Association. Fuck everyone in your organization and fuck anyone that supports your organization because you are disgusting, bigoted assholes. This is disgusting. And you shouldn't be able to have a name like American Family Association. You have nothing to do with family. You have everything to do with supporting hatred. Supporting hatred. Look, elevating homosexual relation relationships to the same level as male female male female male female model of marriage. Yeah, that's what they're doing. You know why? Because they should. It's the same goddamn thing. It's love. You know what else pisses me off about this? American Family Association. I guarantee, guarantee they support the Orange Menace. Marriage is sacred. Give me a break. I'm so sick of it. And you know what else is ridiculous? Uh, My daughter watched Frozen for the first time. Yes. uh, Assholes and fucking assholes. That is their new name. Assholes and fucking assholes. I like it. I like it. Uh, And on another note... I hope this AFA, American Family Association, is also getting on Disney for multiple things. I'm sure they complained about the Beauty and the Beast stuff, but you know what's gorgeous about this? You know what's just fantastic? Is I guarantee everyone that, that like supports this organization that has young kids, their kids watch Frozen. My two-year-old watched Frozen for the first time two weeks ago, and then we watched it again, and I had it confirmed because we had daddy-daughter movie night this past weekend, just the two of us. And as I was watching it the first time with her, uh, there's a scene where Anna, Anna is in the cabin trying to pick up supplies and there's a dude behind the counter selling them stuff he points to his family sitting in the sauna his family is another gentleman with blonde hair looking exactly like him and like five or six dark-haired kids it's a same-sex couple just embedded in the middle of frozen which i had never noticed on the couple times i'd seen i turned to my wife i was like have you ever noticed that and she said no i hadn't and then i saw it again when i watched it with my daughter fantastic uh so american family association you're also not allowed to watch frozen and your kids aren't allowed to watch frozen anymore Throw away the DVD. Delete your digital download. You're not allowed to watch it. You're not. And stop shopping at Walmart, too. Oh, God. So many people in the South that belong to this American Family Association, this assholes and fucking assholes association, they're not going to be able to eat or clothe themselves because all you have is Walmart. 
I'm going to get so much hate mail for that. I'm going to get so much hate mail for this, too. Because you know what? You ever heard of the United Methodists? United Methodists? I always have, I like, I have a certain tolerance for religion most of the time. Most of the time. And I try. Like, I try. I try to be supportive of it. Like, okay, believe in Sky Daddy. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. But I can't when it comes to hatefulness like this. The United Methodists, uh, basically this past week, affirmed their hatred. They affirmed their hatred of same-sex marriage and gay clergy, in fact, because apparently there were some offshoots of the United Methodist Church that had gay clergy. Now, keeping in mind, we're not talking uh, like the Catholic Church where, uh, where the clergy do not get married. Method, United Methodist clergy can get married. So it's, it's not, you're not even, like, you, you don't have even that angle to, to go on. Uh, but they affirm their stance on the fact that, uh, that they ban same-sex couples from their church. Uh, and all I have to say to that is you can't be a Christian. You can't call yourself a Christian. United Methodists are Christian. They believe in Jesus, Jesus Christ. So they're Christians. You can't be Christian and be hateful and, and bigoted. You can't. You can call yourself something else. Call yourself something else. You can't call yourself Christian. Those aren't Christian values. They're not. Don't give me stuff about the Bible. Oh, Sodom, get out of here. Get out of here. Come on. You're not Christian. You're not. I'm so sick of it. Uh, speaking of penises, <laughs> I like that transition. A little segue there. Because we're talking about a bunch of cocks in the United Methodist Church. Cock faces, cock heads, assholes, penises, penis. It's probably the most penises that most times there are sort of a penis in a, in a podcast episode. Uh, we had a woman in Tennessee. Uh, she was fined by her homeowners association because her car, this one's funny, uh, left a penis shape in the snow. So essentially like the snow was all around her and there was a little shape underneath her car where the snow didn't quite get in and it was a penis shape. The homeowners association <laughs> fined her $100. I got to tell you, the picture's pretty great. Maybe we'll share this. Like, because it's clearly, it's like, well, dude, like, you know, I, if I was in high school, I could see someone putting that on, on the, the whiteboard, chalkboard, you know, it looks like a penis, but it's clearly like it's a mark left from a car and the snow came all around the car. Uh, now on this one, of course, common sense prevailed, fortunately, and the fine was rescinded, but she did have to point out like, I can't control what my car has going on underneath it. Can't, can't. All right, we are just about out of time. We are out of time. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to leave you with one more thing. Uh, according to, and everyone can relate to this if you live in Los Angeles, uh, according to a new survey that came out on one of the big tourism, international tourism companies in on Earth, not, not just this country, Earth, uh, North Hollywood, or North Hollywood, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is officially been named the worst tourist trap on earth, on earth. What's funny about this is if you live in Los Angeles or you have lived in Los Angeles, uh, you understand that this is not news. This is not news at all. In fact, speaking of penises on the ground, <laughs> Hollywood Walk of Fame. You don't go there. I'll tell you. So, uh, here, so here's the thing. When people are coming to visit from out of town, never been to Hollywood, they're like, oh, let's go to Hollywood. And I'm always like, okay, we'll go to Hollywood. So that's what we want to do. We'll go to Hollywood. And then we go there and every single person when we go to Hollywood outside of like Grauman's Chinese theater, because Grauman's is actually kind of cool to see, you know, but when you walk the walk of fame, every single person I've ever brought to the walk of fame for the first time to that area of Hollywood goes, this is Hollywood. That is, that is their exact reaction. This is Hollywood. You got a homeless guy peeing on a, peeing on a dog right over here. You got a bunch of trash covering this star over here that you wanted to look at that kind of smells and is kind of sticky. Yeah, Hollywood, not a great place. Not a great place. And now it's official. Worst tourist trap on earth. Love it. Don't go to Hollywood. And if, you, if you're going to visit someone in Southern California, especially like Los Angeles area, Hollywood area, don't make them take you to Hollywood. You're not missing anything. You're just not. You're not. Day or night. It's even worse at night. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Smells. All right. On that note, wall fans, coming at you from the the worst tourist trap on earth. No, I don't actually live in Hollywood. I live in Los Angeles. Although the street outside my house is just as filthy as the Walk of Fame. 
on that note, we are done with episode 87 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Thank you very much, Chris and Bridget, as always, for joining, helping to keep me in line uh, and, and and produce the show while we're on air. Thank you to everyone who tuned in on the live feed. We had a couple people coming and going. Uh, thank you to anyone out there who listens, subscribes. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are getting each episode as it comes out. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod and at Magic Muppet. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. That's going to keep you updated on all the episodes. And of course, head on over to YouTube, search Go Tell It to the Wall, subscribe to our channel, like videos, check back often. And most importantly, most, most, most importantly would be SeanOrourkeLive.com where you're going to find all that stuff I just mentioned as well as photos you're not going to find anywhere else and blog posts and all kinds of good stuff and our Patreon page. Please help us out financially if you have the means and you see so fit. All right, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers. Like I said, this has been episode 87 of Go Tells the Wall podcast. I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.